you to know I hate you. And so does my dad. Well, that's fine. Because guess what? I hate you too. And this house sucks ass. Well, the only reason you're living here is because me and my dad decided that your mom was really hot and maybe we should just both bang her. And we'll put up with the retard in the meantime. Who's the retard? You. But y'all don't say that. Shut up. Wake up my dad and get me grounded. Just shut up. You and your mom are hillbillies. This is a house of learned doctors. You're not a doctor. You're a big, fat, curly-headed fuck. Oh, yeah? I'm a curly-headed fuck. Yeah. You better not go to sleep. As soon as your eyes shut, I'm gonna punch you square in the face. I hope you stay still when you sleep, because I'm putting a rat trap between your legs. I'm gonna take a pillowcase and fill it full of bars of soap and beat the shit out of you. I want you out of my fucking house. No way, Kimosabe. This is my house now. everyone dave and jeff another podcast first podcast of the week actually planning at least getting two who knows how many we get in it's uh, kind of exciting so many things that we have to discuss right now yeah um couple of things thank you to everybody who reached out about the last show the show that we did thursday night it was incredibly nice um i heard from a bunch of different people that said how much that show meant to them and it was great and it actually made sense when I went back and listened to the show. Because when you all reached out and said, hey, that show was great, I honestly had no clue. What we <laughs> I was like, awesome. That's you, great. I No, I had no clue. You know what's funny? When we do this show, Jeff, right in front of him, the most you have is a drink, maybe an iced tea or a water. Like You don't have yeah. anything in front. I have the computer that shows that we're, we're actually recording. Yeah. But I will keep a pad of paper because the first couple times we did it when Bubba wasn't the one doing it, I'd forget what we spoke about, yeah, too. Yeah, totally. So I have to write down like three or four things that happened during the show to say at least I can promote it when we send it out on Twitter that there's a new show. But you're right. It falls into the conversations that you and I have on the phone all the time. Yeah, completely. What what people related to was the talk about depression. And I went back and listened to that. And I had a long, long talk uh, with our pal Katie last night, Katie Mosier, who uh, Dave and I loved to death. And thank you to everybody who said that you appreciated what we said about her because she went and listened to it. And anytime you're talking about somebody that is not part of this show... It's a little bit of a risk because even though you're coming from a place of love, still it's their life. Yeah. And so I said to her, look, it's a little late now. Show's out there, but you cool with it? She goes, I was 100% fantastic, cool with it. And I told her how many people had reached out to me personally 
Dave talking about your conversation about your son Jake, um, different things that we had talked about. The, the funny thing is Dave has in front of him right now the breakdown because two years ago today, as we taped this on Sunday, it was our final day at Extra 1360. And I remember that day very well because you leave there and you're frustrated and you're upset and the whole deal. And I jokingly said today on Twitter, I said, look, if I run into the PD or his assistant, they're getting beat up. <laughs> <laughs> and I just said it because it felt very third grade. Like, I yeah. see you. You're getting beat up. Look, this show has graduated. We're so far better than, and Dave and I don't talk like this, but come on. This show is so much better than anything you get any time of any day on Extra. I don't care who it is. This show crushes them. The management team there stunted the growth of this show. They didn't get it because they're awful at their job. And I'd much rather be where I am tonight than be sitting in that horseshit studio that that dipshit designed. <laughs> it's awful. So, no. I uh, Because people to me were like, hey. Yeah. Hey, calm down. And I was like, I'm not. If I saw anybody, I'd just be like, keep walking. I, I don't have. I'd, I'd much rather be over here than, than be in there tomorrow. So here you go. It's funny is I wanted to see if I could even still find it, you know, mm -hmm. because I, I don't erase a lot of stuff of things that you and I have done over the last 20 years. Actually, if you look up in my garage on the top shelf is almost every tape we have that when I used to tape the shows, the old show. Yeah. When I used to I tape have the, the whole shows. free FM library, do, do you really What's that one, though, is that, that KFMB, KF, KFMB, ESP and wow. 800 when I used to record things on cassette because nobody would do it for you. I used to bring remember I used to bring cassettes in of my own I used to be the guy that runs a target yep. and buys like six TDK 120 minute tapes and say, hey, will you push record for us when we start the show? So I, I, I would go and grab it. I God. think I only have one machine in my house that actually would still play it, but I don't go back in and listen to that stuff. I think some of that stuff would be extremely funny and probably embarrassing, kind of oh, like your, yeah. your Facebook post from like 10 years ago. We go, oh my God, what was I doing? Do you think you have 9-11 in there? I bet I do have 9-11 in See, there. See, that you know one what? I'd like. That one, I, I will go through. I'm going to I'm gonna go up and go through some stuff because my wife says, you got to throw a bunch of stuff out. I'm not going to throw the show stuff out, but there's a bunch of stuff in my garage I do have to clear. I will look for those, Jeff. Um because those will be ones that won't be embarrassing. But you, you said it before that when we first started, we were trying to figure out who we were as a show. I mean, we yeah. mentioned before we like Stern. We were never shock shot guys, no. but sometimes we'd say things just to get a response. And probably some stuff I'd be em embarrassed about, oh. you know. We said it because <laughs> we said it because it made it made us laugh. Yeah. And we never cared that there might be a chance like that we'd have to deal with to people. run into these actual people that yeah. we goofed on. Yeah, like at 800, yeah. we'd rip the Chargers every day, never thinking, yeah. hey, no, stupid, in uh, four years, you're going to be doing the pregame show again. <laughs> hey, hey, we laugh. jokes. Them jokes, baby. We talk every day about being a Raider fan. So stupid. Yeah. It's so dumb. And somehow we survived and got the chance to do it. Hey, uh, what a pleasure to welcome back Stan Brock to the show. Right? Hey, exactly Courtney Hall's on the show. Hello, Courtney. <laughs> and we're like, God, what assholes we are. And I think it's be I think Bill Johnston let us slide. He did. Yeah, I think Bill let us slide. He did. He helped us out 100% on that right there. so great. One of the things in, uh, in radio now and the way it's done, and it is honestly for the better, is you aren't allowed to say anything about someone's appearance. You know, you can't yeah. talk about... 
people's appearance or, or you can't talk about people unless they're a public figure, which that wasn't exactly given to us when we first started out. So when Jeff and I first started, man, everybody was, you know, at the bulletin board. There were there was no off limits on anybody. And we'd go after some people. As you said, it was people that became our friends later on that you might be embarrassed that said, oh, my gosh, I can't believe I said stuff like that. But it, it is for, I think, the better of broadcasting that people tell you, look, you don't talk about someone's no. appearance or don't talk about their kids or don't talk no. about. We went after everybody. I mean, you know, even, it, you know, when we when I told the story the other day about depression and my, and my son Jake and stuff that I've mm-hmm. kept very quiet for a number of years and Jeff knew what was going on the whole time but Jeff's one of my closest friends so of course I would I would tell Jeff what was happening he's known Jake since he was born but it wasn't for air because Jake, Jake's not a public figure but Jake said yeah. go ahead and, and share my story you know if you need to share my story and it helps somebody out go ahead and share it and that's why I shared it the other day but do you remember when Andy Reid's kids were going through a horrible time? Yep. And man, I can't tell you how many jokes you know we we goofed on Andy Reid about being the worst father of all time. And Terrible. Andy Green didn't wish that for Andy, Andy Reid. Excuse me, Andy Reid did not wish for that for either one of his boys. He just was stuck in a bad situation. Unfortunately, one of them ended up di- ended up dying, and you couldn't uh, you couldn't go out and fix it. So things have changed dramatically. Going back to what you said as far as here we go, it's been 2 years today, August 12th <laughs> that we're out. So I pull up this document that Jeff and I used to work on every night. Started around 7:30 at night. We would work on it for a number of hours. Like right now. We'd be like, awake working on it right now. And and we used to go, "Oh, we don't need one of these." And, and when we do our podcast, we don't put it together. It's not a bad way to do a show if you're teaching someone how to do it. But a lot of times Jeff and I would look at each other and go, "Really? You you need to know minute for minute where we're going to be." Yeah. So here's, and I know you wrote this line, okay, to start the show. Here's here's the first topic to start our last show at seven o'clock in the morning because at the time they dumb Friday was seven to ten. When you and I used to say, "Don't fucking put a seven to ten, you're going to yeah. give a head start to the Cilio over there that starts at six that people aren't going to change the station back." It killed, it killed the show as soon as he he made us go at seven. Here you go. <laughs> here's the headline. I could give you a hundred guesses. You wouldn't even guess what the headline was. Here's the headline: seven o'clock in the morning. Fucking Orlando Franklin is a big pussy. <laughs> Did I write that? That's what you wrote. Right there. That, that, that's that line. And here you go with these, these. this document was our boss could see this at any time. His oh, assistant yeah. could see this at any time. This wasn't the reason we, we were gone, but it just it was to the point of, I fucking hate this place. That's yeah. where you are right now yeah, and, in it. this job and what we do. That that is the headline of the number one topic of the day. Right there. That's what you wrote in big, bold letters, all caps. <laughs> yeah, I wasn't ready to leave, was I? I didn't have any issues, did I? I was handling everything in my life great at that point. I'm okay, don't look I'm at me. I'm fine. Don't judge me, you asshole. Hey, you're wow. right. You're and Orlando right. Franklin was like, yeah, what, he was nice. One week in the training camp, this is what you wrote. One week in the training camp, and the Chargers are down three starters. Joey Bosa, Stevie Johnson, already already injured. Orlando Franklin now is a big pussy, too. That's what you wrote. <laughs> Real professional. There you go. Real professional. <laughs> so, oh, my God. That's perfect. Yeah, everything's fine. Just give, yeah, everything's fine. Just give that to my therapist. She'd be like, holy cow. Amp up your meds, kiddo.
Oh, that's fantastic. Do I have a tease in there? Oh Did I write God. you a tease? Let me see. Because you bring it back again at 9 o'clock, too, with the same exact headline. So let me see what your tease was. Um, one week in the training camp, Bolts are already down three starters. We'll tell you who the latest victim is next. You were well, that's you were, really you, good. Yeah, you were clean on that. But then you come right back, right at the top of 9 o'clock, with the same big headline. God damn, what else was going on? Anything in the 8 o'clock hour? Okay. Was there? Oh, do you have five questions? I do. I Give five. me the five questions. Okay, okay here the, here's our big... Edgy bit. Yeah. <laughs> it sucked. Who has the most to gain and most to lose for the Chargers in 2016? 2016. Yes. Uh, I'll say Mike McCoy, Dave, because <laughs> I feel like if Mike doesn't get it together, he could be fired. And I'll tell you a guy to keep an eye on. Yeah. The Chargers have never had a minority head coach, but there's a lot of people in Buffalo that like Anthony Lynn. I think Anthony Lynn would be great. And if Anthony Lynn doesn't get the job, don't be surprised if Rex Ryan <laughs> the next head coach of the Chargers. <laughs> Those are my two guys. You know, Ernie used to – we used to write the five questions. And Ernie we, couldn't read them. We just, we just had Ernie read, Ernie read them. Ernie read them like somebody had just hit him with a taser before it. <laughs> Ernie read it like he'd had four whiskey sours and then he was tased in the street. And somebody brought him in, sat him down in the chair and said, read these questions. What? <laughs> Who has the best yet? So number two question was here's this is of course Ernie to be the one asking over the last couple of weeks you two have been out to Chargers training camp if there was one player or coach who you could give constructive criticism to who would it be that's a horrible question yeah god damn who wrote that <laughs> that's a, that's a horrible question if the top running backs of the game in 2016 here we go look how quickly things change in 2016 okay Le'Veon Bell yep okay Doug Martin Jonathan wow. Stewart and Jamal Charles wow which, which running back is most likely to lead the NFL in touchdowns? How oh. crazy is that? I mean, think yeah. about it, there's only one guy out of that list two years later that's yeah. even relevant. God damn. But yeah. Doug Martin's now with the with Raiders. With the Raiders. How about that? Yeah. That's cool. Oh, wow. my God. Here's a Ricky Williams question in here. Okay. Jesus Christ, dude. What a horseshit show. Yeah, what a horseshit <laughs> fucking show. Oh, here we go. Today is Alex Rodriguez's last game. Oh. A-Rod asked Joe Girardi if he could play third base today. He told him to go pounce <laughs> Is Joe being a jerk, or is it pay payback for A-Rod embarrassing the Yankees organization? Goddamn. Who the, cares? Who gives a right? shit? Who cares? Okay, here you go. Here's your guest, though. Jim Trotter was on at 730. Yep. Okay, not too bad. And then we do it inside the AFC West segment. Why will the Chargers running game be better in 2016? Christ. God. <laughs> what can we expect to see Saturday night? Three guys who couldn't have cared less about Charger football acting like we're so fascinated by it. Yeah. Oh, my God, dude. And then uh, what they said. It's Eric Williams basically talking to Charger players. We do a binder selling. Fucking Orlando Franklin again, <laughs> again inside the AFC West. What was our last segment? Okay. Uh, some kind of nice was Mark Grant, by the way, at 930. And then 945, we brought back clips of Jim Trotter's interview at 730. JT, we ended it yeah. with him. Yeah. Fine with me. Yeah. Fine with me. Yeah. Glad for glad to be out. I love where this show is right now. I love where this show is. I love where this show's going. A lot of fun. There's good things coming. We will probably... I would say sometime in the first part of September, start looking for that Little League field. And really what we're looking for is something in your neighborhood, that Little League field that's just kind of fallen on hard times. And we're going to go as a little village. All of you are welcome. We're going to go out and we're going to fix that little son of a bitch. We're going to fix it. Barkley's in, Curry's in, Al Taylor, who's just a champ. 
uh, told me he's in. Dan Tyler says easy. He doesn't care. Every job's easy for Dan Tyler. Um, but we want everybody coming out. We really do. We want everybody coming out. And what we're going to look for is just a little league park that needs a little TLC, man. Yeah. We'll paint that son of a bitch. We'll uh, we'll find a way to stock that snack bar, right? We'll do some other things, and uh, we'll get it up and running. And, and we'll do it, and it'll be very, very cool. It'll be interesting as we try and do a good thing that mm-hmm. we're able to able to do this without people getting in the way. And when I say that is all of a sudden you're going to have people that unfortunately are going to want to have their hands in different different avenues. And so and, and here's the I've been around Little League boards for a long time. They're no fun. I mean, Dan see, Tyler told me the same thing. Yeah. You're watching the news right now, and you're seeing this whole oh, ugly yeah. thing with East Lake and Parkview, and it, it's ugly. So winter ball usually for little league starts up around now middle of august september okay, okay. so we have to wait till that to be over which is going to be around november i'm guessing we're going to by the time we end up start working on this field it's going to be december if somebody lets us do it the right way and we're going to try and do it the right way just don't get in the way just to prove it and get out of the way because it, we'll not, go someplace yeah, else that's what i'm saying it's not a money maker for your league we're doing no. something that that's going to be great please do not get in the way if you need it we're trying to help you out yeah don't fuck this up yeah because we'll leave Yep. And that's it. So if you're a douche, and you know who you are, right? I mean, come on. <laughs> Someone's told you. Somebody's told you, right? You walk around, you talk loud on your phone. Uh, you're a douche. Um, if you're a douche and you're running that thing, then we're just going to go somewhere else. Yeah. Because the guys that we run with, um, the job's going to get done right. It's going to look great. But we're not. We're really not interested in any of your bullshit. You're the guy who fucked it up in the first place. <laughs> but uh, but I'm really stoked because uh, all our guys, man, Al Taylor, Taylor made pools, and Amy, freaking best, just the freaking best. Dan Tyler, Brian Curry, and a lot of it's going to fall on Barkley. A lot of it's going to fall on Barkley as our landscape guy. And we're going to figure something out. We're going to figure a way out. Probably at that point, what we're going to do is if you can't come out, we'll yeah. take a look and we'll figure out, hey, what do we need and how do we get it? And whether that's you have the opportunity to donate bags of dirt or time paint or time. Uh, yeah, we'll we'll get it all figured out. But look, we showed everybody what what could happen last Wednesday night there whatever it's been coming up on two weeks ago it was great it was great but but this will be something that uh you know your kids can be a part of too yeah uh, August 1st was kind of an adult type thing this is something where we want kids coming out and guess what if there's a little smudge of paint that goes on the uh, aluminum bleacher tough shit okay <laughs> tough shit you know what I'm saying, Dave? This is a community project. My point being is that yeah. we, we're going to do it right. It's going to look great. But we want if we want everybody involved. We want everybody involved. Uh, KUSI hit us up to do something at, and Channel 8 hit us up as well, to do something at the event on August 1st. I said, look, you know, uh, respectfully, we don't need you at that. I said, because that's just about me and Dave, and we're not really into self-promoting and Events already sold out. Um, but I said, when we go find this Little League field, and I can put Dan and Brian and, and Al and, and Ryan, Steve, and all of you on camera, 
uh, and say, look, man, this is what we did for this little podcast. We came out and we rebuilt this little shit. Uh, <laughs> it's going to be great. And and uh, the only thing I said was, the only thing I went out of it is I would like somewhere for Lou Palais to be recognized. Oh, that's very nice. That's all I would like. That's I would like nice. that for just somewhere. Um, that's it. And, and that's it. It's not about Dave and Jeff. It's, uh, it's not about Barkley Landscape or Curry or anybody else. But if we could do anything and put a little plaque for, for Lou, I'd like to do that. I, I don't think that's that big a price to ask. No, it's not that big a price at all. That's very nice of you to say that. Uh, Got to ask, NFL season, though, starting to get underway here. Yesterday, mm-hmm. obviously, most teams have played their preseason games. Right now, we have 49ers Cowboys right next to us on, on the screen. But want to ask you, Chargers, any interest at all? Did you watch at all? Any interest at all as far as any NFL preseason games, especially the Chargers? No, I didn't see a minute of it. I didn't because I had hung out with my sons on Monday and Tuesday, and then I didn't see them Wednesday or Thursday. Barely saw them on Friday um, because they're back in school. And so uh, all day yesterday and all day today, we just hung out. We hung out. So great. And what was funny is they've always asked me about that song, Cats in the Cradle. And today yeah. on KGB, we heard it. Oh, really? We heard it. And it was pretty wild, like, talking to them and seeing it. It's funny, man. My sons are 10. The divorce will be final on the 22nd. Like I said, I mean, their mom was at the Padre game on Friday night. We just went over there and watched Mission Impossible. Just hanging out. Watch the original one. Yeah, that sucked. Yeah. You don't like it, really? I didn't like. I didn't like okay. the first one. I found it boring. And okay. then, and then we jumped immediately to Ghost Protocol, and Ghost Protocol. It's just like my son Kate said to me today. He goes, man, usually when movies, when they make sequels, it's not very good. Yeah. And I told him, I said, I love Rocky Three the best, but I know what you mean. Yeah. The Rocky with Tommy Morrison's the worst yeah, out of terrible. the group. But. Ghost Protocol, like we're watching that, and in the living room, it's a 60-inch 4K Sony Bravia TV. And when they're showing that overhead, have you seen this one? No, I haven't. God damn, Dave. It's I only so saw the fun. first one and the third one. Okay. Oh, Dave, shit. <laughs> I should have brought it down here tonight. So you you know the scene I'm talking about. What happens is they're they're trying to you know take care of they got to get to some file. And the only way that he can access the file, they're at they're up on like the 123rd floor of this hotel in Dubai. Yeah. And he's got to go seven suites over and 11 suites up. And the only way he can get out there is to climb. And he's, it's him. Like, it's Tom Cruise. Do you the, swear it's still him? I still say bullshit. Did you not? I sent you a YouTube video. <laughs> Uh, I didn't see it. And Sex Luger sent it to us as well. It's so fucking great from the latest one, from Fallout. I tweeted it out the other day that it shows him doing everything. And they're talking to him like in the latest one, he's doing so much crazy shit and flying helicopters. And they're talking to like Simon Pegg and his co-stars. And they're like, fucking guys flying helicopters. And (laughs) he's a maniac. He's so great. But you see him, Dave, they're shooting this. He's 123 stories up, and he's climbing the outside of the building. And it's so goddamn great. Are you sure this wasn't one of those they turned it sideways and shit like Batman? Yes. <laughs> <laughs> he's just taking those big, slow steps, yeah. pulling that rope. <laughs> they just flip that camera. Go see Julie Newmar? Yeah. God, 
so he's so, is he your favorite actor of all time? Yeah, really? Yeah, he's great. better than like Leonardo or Al Pacino. Oh, fuck, not even close. <laughs> not even close. Not even close. Dude, what he does right now, yeah. the commitment he makes to the craft, so that when I go in there and my sons go in there, Dave, I'm telling you, it's it's fucking great. It, he, you just go, this dude is a maniac. It's yes, yeah. I if you're that committed to it, yeah. Don't tell me about Daniel Day Lewis. Ah, oh, he was fucking Abe Lincoln. I swear. Bullshit. <laughs> Costner. Oh. Oh well, Costner's the same in every movie, isn't he? Yeah. The whole time you're watching, going, oh, Jesus, I'm Everybody watching Kevin a, Costner. Yeah, fake Southern accent. Yeah. Yeah, in uh, JFK. <laughs> I mean, De Niro, old school De Niro, taxi driver De Niro, right? Yeah. Raging Bull, Casino, Goodfellas. Yeah, fucking fantastic. The Ninth Meet the Fockers or Bad Grandpa. You're like, dude, come on, baby. <laughs> come on, baby. You like him better. For me, I think right now, Leonardo is the best, best actor out there. I'm a huge Tom Hanks fan, Denzel, but Denzel's Denzel in every movie. Yeah, exactly. But Leonardo, I think, is but, the best out there right now. Okay, but, but you're... I'm telling you from what I've seen that okay. you haven't seen it. Yeah. I you have to. You have to. I, I just bought. I went. Um, Maybe if he was 6'1 or 6'2. But well, that's the he's thing, like 5'5 like, five or something. And I love the Lee Child books. So he plays Jack Reacher. Fuck. He, he couldn't be further from Jack Reacher. That's like hiring him to play fucking Bill Russell. <laughs> um, <laughs> right. Tom Cruise is Bill Russell. Tom Cruise is Bill Russell. What? <laughs> hey, he bought the rights to the story. He went to play Bill Russell. And in my last year, I was a player coach. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and fucking guy, and fucking guy from, uh, shit, Game of Thrones, the little dude. Yeah, right. yeah he plays Bob Cousy to make it look normal. <laughs> Well, shit. We put that guy next to him in that koozie uniform. It all makes sense. Oh, uh, funny as hell. No, you gotta, you gotta see the fucking movies. Okay. Why don't you go? I don't know. I just haven't seen it. When it comes on, I'll, I'll, I'll promise I'll watch it. What can I tell you? I watched the third one because everyone kept telling me how good the last one was. Dude. It happened to be on TBS. I said I'm gonna, I'm gonna tape it. I had to the, fast forward through all the commercials. Yeah. No. Shit. I went the other day. Uh, went to Best Buy, and I got all five of them on Blu-ray, one through five, because it's six that's in theaters okay. right now. One through five on Blu-ray, got them for nineteen ninety-nine. Really? Yeah. All five for nineteen ninety-nine. Four bucks each. Tells. Cheaper than Red Box. <laughs> Cheaper than if you found it on someone's front lawn and they were selling yeah. them. Yeah. Yeah, it was great. But um, but my sons love movies, and they they loved it. Now you know who's in that one too is Paula Patton. Paula Patton was married to Robin Thicke, and Paula Patton is so goddamn beautiful. Really? Yeah, and she's great in this movie. But Ving Rhames is great in it. Simon Pegg's really yeah. funny. Jeremy Renner uh, is really great in it. Yeah, they're fun, Dave. They're they're the perfect summer movie where you just go, and especially now in these new theaters where everything is 4K. Yeah, you're in the oversized chair, and you're just hitting popcorn. And when you realize this fucking guy is doing everything himself, he's he's already the main guy wherever he is in Hollywood. 
and he's that committed to give you everything you want out of the movie, you go, shit. I just go, God damn, that's pretty cool. What happened to uh, Ronda Rousey? Wasn't she supposed to do Roadhouse 2? Yeah, I think that's coming out. Is it really? They're going to yeah. make it anyway? Yeah, it's already, she already made it. She's huge for WWE right now. She made a career change, making a ton of cash. Is that right? Yeah, What's she's she doing, doing? Great. She, she, she's wrestling. She's actually wrestling. She's doing the wrestling. She's yeah. not commentating. No, she's okay. wrestling for WWE. Still in great shape? Oh, yeah. Okay. I was just curious because I remember when she was undefeated, she was going to yeah. do Roadhouse 2. Yeah. And she did, uh, what was it, Expendable? No. What? What's the Stallone? I think you're right. I think it's the Expendables. That's who it? they were, right? Yeah. The Stallone movies? Yeah. Yeah. She was in that. Look, she's really cool. She's really a cool person. She just got to the point where they just mentally exhausted her because she said yes to everything they did. When when you saw her get as angry as she did at Holly Holm, that's not Rhonda. Yeah. Not who she is. We dealt with her a lot at Clinch Gear for, for uh, Strike Force. She was outstanding. She's a really cool person. Could you see and, it coming? I mean, it, 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 to me, yeah, it seemed like they were burning her like crazy. You and yeah. I had her in the studio back in 2012. We Amazing. talked about it all the time. Super nice girl. Amazing. Yeah. Yeah, just very humble, incredibly talented, the whole thing. Gracious, but goddamn, they just they 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 ran her everywhere and it just got to her. And and the other problem is too, when you're an athlete like that, people build you up and then they want to tear you down. Yeah. Well and, it happens all the time, right? Yeah. When it went speaking of that, Tiger Woods hasn't won in basically ten years, mm -hmm. you know. Tiger Woods had a, was making a run today. Any interest at all in, in Tiger winning? Like, like I didn't watch any of it. I'll be honest with you. I sound like my yeah. Costa right now, but I didn't watch any of it. I was at the beach all day, but I was following on my phone and would give me updates saying Tiger's two back. Boom, boom, boom. Was was happening? Fucking Kepka's the shit, huh? He, he, no kidding. I said though, in, in, for me, I didn't say it to anyone around me. My son said, "Are you following this Tiger thing?" And I, I said, "Yeah, I'm looking at it on my phone." In my mind, Jeff, I didn't want him to win. Honestly, I don't. Tiger? I'm not. I'm one of these guys that's rooting for Tiger at all at any aspect of, of anything. I don't know. I'm just not a Tiger fan. And and it would be different if Tiger was, let's say it was Derek Jeter, someone mm -hmm. that, that I really don't know, but uh, we've seen greatness for years. For me, I've seen Tiger treat people terribly, you know, when the cameras oh, aren't yeah. on. And I said, fuck that guy. That's kind of where I'm at with Tiger. I'm just... I understand golf is better and the sport's better when he's making a run like he did today, but I, I find myself never rooting for this guy. I think it was great today for golf because with Tiger in and then Kepka winning, you go, shit, that's really cool because there's a ton of people watching and you see that that's, what, Kepka's third major in, yeah. in whatever it is, 15 months. Um, It's really cool. Do you find yourself rooting for him? Do you want to see him come back to Who, be in the Tiger, Tiger Bowl? Yeah. Um, I, I I like Tiger, yeah, because he's. I have guys in my office that deal with him and say he's really great to. That's deal good with. to hear. Yeah, that that he's makes their job really easy, engaging, and everything else. Yeah, because he's gonna go down. It's the same way, Dave, that I like watching uh, Serena. It's the same way I like watching LeBron, who, by the way, also are representatives of our company, but. Um, Gretzky in the day, I mean, all those guys. Because you know at the end, when they're gone, we're going to say the way Mike Trout is you go, shit, that was really special. Man, that was really special to watch, and we watched it all. So, yeah, if he's able to be in there, I don't have any animosity towards him. I, I find him to be 
God, I mean, yes, sir. <laughs> uh, uh, just when he when he's humming at the Masters and when he's humming on this thing today, uh, yeah, I think it's I think it's great. When you look at how golf has taken a major hit the last ten years, mm-hmm. and obviously Tiger hasn't done anything in ten years, but I mean the story that a golf course closes every Tough. once every two weeks. You know, I mean, and we yeah. just just down the street we had a Dave and Jeff tournament ten years ago. The the Salt Creek course, the old course, yeah, is out of business. You know, and so and what happens there now? What are they going to do? There? I have no idea what they do now. But it's not just there, but it's all across the country. And and you hear so many people, especially in California, saying these golf courses are closing because the water bills are so high. Yeah, but. If Tiger was Tiger, you know, the last 10 years that he was, the 10 years before this, do you think golf is is struggling right now or do you think it continues to go? I think it continues to go. I don't think we see the dramatic fall because of what happened with Tiger. Well, I think, um, like, just for me, and and being in Carlsbad and being close to Callaway and being close to TaylorMade, I like that. I like that because I like watching for those guys because – Having grown up in North County, I, I still cheer for anything that that's yeah. from North County. So whether it's John Rahm or Dustin Johnson, right, Spieth, McElroy, man, I like a lot of these young guys that that play the game. I do too. I think they're really, really good. Adam Scott and uh, Jason Day, like I, I just I love watching it. Um, what's funny is my sons have said to me. I think next year we we would have a much different conversation about this event than we're doing tonight because right now I'm not where I'm going to ultimately be in my final landing spot. And when I get there, my sons have already said, look, Masters weekend, British Open weekend, like golf weekends, they're just going to come hang out. We're going to barbecue and we're going to you know, make breakfast together. We're just going to enjoy the golf. Like if, if the tournament's yeah. close and if not, then we'll go do something else. And they've already said, Hey, that's what we want to do. It's going to be kind of uh, a guy's weekend. And I said, Oh, that'd be just a blast, right? Just to hang out, relax and enjoy the PGA and father and son watching the event. That'll be perfect. So God willing, everybody's safe and healthy a year from now. Yeah, I think it'll be much different experience. Do, but, your, do your sons have favorite athletes in every sport? Yes, they do. Yes, like just curious. I know they love you know Golden State and Steph and mm-hmm. and everything LeBron and everything else in, in baseball. Who's their favorite baseball player? I think right now um, Padres. They're Padre okay. guys. But do so. they have a guy, a baseball player guy? Um, Padres they don't watch as much of, but they like. They like the certain guys that they know. So it would be Will Myers. It would be, um, they like Freddie Galvis. Yeah. You know, Freddie Galvis. Because Freddie's got that look, right? Where he just looks fun. But Austin Hedges, those guys, um, maybe not as locked in NFL-wise. But it was fun today. I gave them each, they were reading, our our pal Jay Paris wrote the book about the Chargers. Uh Uh-huh. And they were having a lot of fun reading about that, the different players in, in Charger history. Uh, Hockey-wise, I mean, look, I'm an upper deck guy, so they're going to like Connor McDavid. They're, I mean, he's number one. They're going to like Austin Matthews, um, guys like that. But they're Kings fans, so they're going to cheer for Kopitar and Quick and Drew Doughty. But but really, it comes down to, for them, they're, they're NBA guys. That's their main guy. You know, I asked my uh, asked my youngest son the other day. I said, "If you could get any jersey right mm. now, any jersey, which jersey would you get?" And he said, "Wayne Gretzky." Really? He, it was kind of surprised me that he said I'd get a Wayne Gretzky black Kings jersey. That's one. Oh, and yeah. then he said, "Why? Did you buy me one?" 
fucking know. I didn't fucking yeah. buy you one. But it was funny to me that that he said, and here's a guy that hockey is probably his fourth favorite sport. Yeah. But he knows that I've always told him. I go, Wayne Gretzky is the greatest athlete player in any team sport in history. It's not even close. Amazing. When you look at what he's done compared to what Hank Aaron did in baseball, what Kareem did in basketball, these guys that are so high up in all these record books for multiple stats, Wayne Gretzky's a freak. We'd still be the all-time yeah. leading scorer if he never scored a goal. Yeah. I mean, just and pure class, right? Yeah. I mean, I mean pure just, class. Just in everything he did. Yeah. In everything he did. He was so great. It was funny. I just saw something the other day. I think it was on The Athletic. They were talking about how Jerry Buss really started the path to get Gretzky there. Because what what this article wrote, and they talked to Jeannie about it, what Jeannie said that her dad knew was that Edmonton had gone as far as they were going to go. They were sold out every night, but they still had Messier. They still had Paul Coffey and Grant Fuhrer yep. and all these guys, right? Curry and Charlie Huddy. But Peter Pocklington, the owner of the Edmonton Oilers, had money issues. So what Jerry Buss had said to him was, like, look, I'm going to give you a bunch of money and I'm going to give you a bunch of young players, and it's not going to hurt your bottom line that much because of all Messier can step up and be the number one guy. Well, Peter Pocklington wasn't ready to do that. But Bruce McNall continued the conversation as Bruce McNall grew as the owner of the Kings, and Bob Miller tells a great story that there had been a rumor that um, Gretzky was coming and Bob Miller said I called Bruce McNall to talk to him about how many TV games they were going to do the next year on prime ticket and Bruce McNall said you know uh, we're going to do you know a lot yeah we do a lot of games and then Bob said to him what's up with Gretzky and McNall said to him what if we had a press conference where we changed our team colors and our team colors were now black and silver and the guy that modeled the uniform was Wayne Gretzky. And Bob said, unbelievable. Yeah. But what McNall said in this article that was fascinating was that he was talking to Gretzky and Gretzky was telling him how to orchestrate the trade and told him, don't give up your number one picks three years in a row, split them up. So that's what they did. So they put Jimmy Carson, Martin Jelena, $15 million, which is... Pretty big cash yeah, back 30 in, years ago. Yeah, right? And uh, and three number one picks. And in exchange, you got Gretzky, Mike Krujelniski, and McSorley. Yeah. And it changed everything. It did. Changed everything. I mean, changed. I mean, without 30 them, years ago this month. Yeah. Just the other day. Yeah. It was the 30th uh, 30th anniversary of it's, it. It's uh, so crazy. August 9th, it I is think. So, it, was, it was so crazy. I mean, mm -hmm. it, and I was thinking about the excitement of LeBron right now. Mm-hmm. And you look at, you know, some of the athletes that L.A. has with Trout and LeBron and Kershaw, and you sit and go, man, that's just absolutely insane. You know, Otani, it goes on and on. But then you think Magic and Gretzky oh, in yeah. the same building was crazy. Remember those billboards? They're yeah. on their billboards Sports together. Sports Illustrated. Yeah. It was, I mean, it was so unbelievable that you'd go, how in the hell would this happen? Like, you had an idea because you tell the story all the time that yeah. you're at the track. Jerry Buss told and, me. And Jerry Buss told you ahead of time it was going to happen. For me, I didn't see it coming at all. And I would never bet a million dollars, you know, that yeah. there's no way this thing's happening. That was one of the craziest things. And for a guy who's never seen a hockey game, first time I went and saw Gretzky play, mm -hmm. 
hat trick in like the yeah. first first period incredible. and then had to assist. It was just it was it was so incredible to see that he was everything that was hyped up to see. And it. So likable. Yeah. So likable. Um yeah, Jerry was my customer because I sold the Bedeker sheet. And so he my man, what an amazing guy. And I would just hit him up all the time. Because there had been a rumbling out there. There had been some kind of basic rumbling out there that hey Gretzky may be on the block and that McNall may be chasing him. And is McNall getting ready to make a big splash and get Gretzky? So, well, think about it. Del Mar started at the end of July. And I think that trade, I think it's August 9th, 88 is the day. Um, so I fucking hit him up all the time. The trade going through. And he had been my customer for two years. So... Like, he was cool with me. And the thing I remember about that day was I just kind of said, hey, how you doing, Jerry? Here you go. And he just kind of stopped. And he's like, I was like, you know, I thought, shit, did I? Yeah. Did he give me a 20 and I gave him change for a 10? <laughs> and uh, I looked at him and he said something to the effect of, you're going to ask me? You've asked me a thousand times. You're going to ask me? And I, me being the moron that I am, I go, he goes, you've asked me a thousand, what have you asked me a thousand times every time I see it? And again, I'm paraphrasing, yeah. but it was basically that. I go, Gretzky? And he like winked. And he's like, I think he said Tuesday, yeah. Thursday. And he just walked away. And I'm like, what? <laughs> <Jerry>! <laughs> but absolute true story. Absolute true story. He was so great. Um, not like he hooked me up with tickets or anything, but he was just such a god shit, man. Yeah. Jerry Buss was just the king. Just the fucking king. Pushing a stroller. Yeah. The pushing a stroller. He had the same white uh like polo shirt that like he was probably a large and this was probably a medium. <laughs> or it was a large that had been, you know, washed with the towels yeah. and kind of shrunk a little bit. And just like as faded jeans as you could have. Yeah. And uh you know, the hair that just oh, yeah. went in a million different ways. But fucking hey, man. That guy to me was just, that was the coolest guy on the planet. He that was. might be the coolest dude I've ever met. You know what's funny is Jerry Buss is known, obviously, for the Lakers and the Kings. and But, man, he is known for the women. I mean, oh, the yeah. women like you wouldn't believe. And they always show that clip when Magic won his first championship with the Lakers and they're at the spectrum and Jerry's sit front row and he has a smoking hot chick on the left, yep. a smoking hot chick on the right. Yep. He's giving like the peace sign. Yeah. And you go in, what happened to those girls? They were gone by 1982. God, right. Right. I mean, those shit, girls man. have to look at that clip going, what the hell happened to us? But Dave, <laughs> like, he had, he had, like, I don't know who those kids would be. Right. I mean, like where they figured out, I mean, they're, they're, they gotta be 31 right now. So I don't know yeah. if that's, the Jesse, I don't know if it's one of those kids. God dang, right? that is so funny. I remember covering the Lakers in 94, and two little kids came up to Eddie Jones, who was one of the guy I was closest to on the team at the time. Eddie Jones and I were the mm -hmm. same age, and uh, he was cold to both of them, and he thought they were just kids. And I uh, go, dude, those are Jerry Buss's kids. And he pulled them back and took pictures and autographs and – he turned to me and goes, thank God you told me who those kids were. He goes, oh, my yeah. God, that could have been really bad for me. Yeah. Yeah. I go, that could that go, those are the owner's kids. And he looked at me like, how the hell are those the owner's kids? The owner's yeah. like 70. Yeah. Fuck, though. Just as nice and gracious to me, every day buying the sheet, 
bought it for the clockers corner every day. But he, he, Dave, he was so nice to everybody at the track. That's why you just you you look back and you go, oh, Jerry, Trev. Oh, I, I'm gonna bring something up to you about Trevor. Yeah, uh, Tony, and all these guys. But Jerry, Jerry was just one of these guys. I saw something our friend Mickey Coke wrote the other day. And it wrote um, that the Padres are considering naming a portion, or they've they've asked the city to name a portion of Park Boulevard, Trevor Hoffman Way. Okay. Now, of all people, Pete in Point Loma hates this idea. Really? And what Pete said was he felt like it would diminish having Tony Gwynn Drive by sharing that with Trevor, and he pointed to... Trevor's less than stellar record in the postseason and all-star games and things like that. Um, I love the idea. I do too. I love the idea, and I'll, I'll tell you why I love the idea is because, to me, that's an honor that goes – it's much bigger than the performance on the field. I, I think that's an honor that you bestow on somebody who carries a lot of character. And I don't know anybody in that team in my – 35 years being around them that had more character, more class, more professionalism, were more loyal, loved San Diego more than Tony and Trevor. And I believe if Tony was here, he would be one of the loudest voices in support of that project. I think it's great. I couldn't give less of a shit what he did in the all-star game. And we're going to hold that against him. He always represented himself in the most professional manner as he continues to do in everything yep. he's done. And uh, he he is just San Diego to the end. He would have been San Diego to the end. Sandy Alderson ran him out of town like he ran Boach out of town. So I, I think it's an amazing idea, and I love it. You know, I couldn't agree with you more. Right now, he is San Diego's greatest living athlete. Yeah. I mean, he is. I mean, you know, un unfortunately, because of Junior passing away too early and Tony passing away too early, Trevor's our guy. And yeah. I said to you uh, two weeks ago, I go, who's the next San Diego Padre to go in the Hall of Fame and how long are we going to have to wait? There are two Padres that, that, without a doubt, are the guys you should be most proud of, in my opinion. It's Tony and Trevor. Mm -hmm. And, you know, I've hidden the fact I'm a Steve Garvey fan. We all know the Padres gave Dave Winfield $2 million. Dave Winfield yeah. had no problem yesterday in Toronto wearing that Blue Jays jersey celebrating the World Series from 25, 26 years ago. You know, I mean, yeah. we know what Dave Winfield was and why they did it because the team doesn't have a great history, and they were trying to grab on at anything they had. Don't forget Dave left for the New York Yankees, okay? Sure. But Trevor's that guy. I couldn't agree with you more on what Tony would, would prefer as well. Tony was a guy that appreciated work ethic and where he came yes. from. And so there are two guys. I say this to people all the time. You know, yeah, you have to have a lot of talent to make in the big leagues and to, to stick around. There was no secret that the first two guys there every day were Tony and Trevor. Mm -hmm. At 130, 145, Tony and Trevor were always there. Guess what? Yeah. Other guys walked in after three. And those yeah. guys were, were were quickly gone, just like every other major leaguer. Yeah. And they, they weren't all in. Tony and Trevor were all in all the time. Why wouldn't you sit there and grab onto anything that Trevor's willing to put his name on? Yeah, I I I think there could be a very solid argument that outside of the 42 – I mean, there might be two numbers retired, and I love Randy, Randy more than anybody. But if if you had done nineteen and you had done fifty one, yep, um, and, makes a lot of sense. And then forty two, yeah. I mean, I'm not saying you can put six back in rotation. I don't have any problems with Jonesy because people that were here 
and saw Randy, who I looked to, Nick and Bill Center, um, tell me that, because I said to Bill, I go, I go, tell me about Randy, because I, I just, I know him as a man, what an amazing man, but I don't know him as a player. And he just said, oh, I know what it was. We were talking about all-time best left-handed pitchers for the Padres. And I brought up Bruce Hurst, who was pretty good. Yep. And Bill was on the beat at that time, said, yeah, Hurst was great. Randy was by far the number one guy. And on a team, when the team sucks and you have one guy that draws people out and wins a Cy Young and everything else, yeah, fucking give him the honor. Give him the honor. Who else? Who else? Is, that guy say about number six, right? Who the fuck else is lined up that goes, well, I'd come there, but not unless I could work. I mean, Hosmer didn't do it. Shit. <laughs> But I mean, really, if you got, yeah. if you went Randy, but Gwyn and Hoffman, uh, that would have been fine. That would have been fine. Uh, you can't, you can't put six back in. But yeah, but I, I think David would be an amazing honor. I love the fact that the pods shot to did that. It wouldn't shock me if it goes through. And yeah, I mean, Pete Point Loma, you know, I love you, brother. But, but the idea that we're gonna hold this back because. He struggled in an all-star game. Yep. That, that's that's not seeing the forest through the trees. Look, uh, Mario Rivera is a fantastic player. All right, He's a Hall of Famer. All right, We're going to see mm -hmm. him in the Hall of Fame in, in a year. But you can make the argument back on Rivera and same arguments too. Who's the team that, that hit him the hardest? It was the yeah. Boston Red Sox. Yeah. Who's the guy that blew game seven of the World Series? It was Rivera against the Diamondbacks. Every one of these players has have, had their struggles. Mm -hmm. Trevor hasn't had the same opportunities that Rivera had, and if Rivera was on the was on the podium, I'm sure it would have been great. And if Trevor was on the Yankees, I'm sure it would have been great. That's not a, a, an argument you're going to go back and forth forth with on why you think Trevor to me shouldn't have a street named after him. He's the kind of guy that when people come to Petco Park, and I was thinking about this the other day yeah. because I told you in a month I'm making a trip to see Fenway and see oh, Yankee yeah. Sam for the first time. How many people are going to be in that ballpark that are seeing it for the first time, like me? How many people come to Petco Park that have heard great things about Petco Park being yeah. a fantastic place that want to take it in and go, this is me with a picture next to the street sign of where Tony Gwynn is, and there's mm -hmm. me next to the statue of Tony Gwynn, and this is me, Trevor Hoffman, the street name, the whole deal. It, it's part of the experience of what you have to offer. Speaking of, of Petco Park, I've made this joke for a number of years. It's not a great one, but it's where we're at right now with Padre Baseball is the fact that San Diego and Petco Park, it's the best bar in San Diego. People have mm -hmm. a great time at Petco Park. Not going to argue with you if you tell me Petco Park's the, the best ballpark in all of Major League Baseball. It, it, it arguably could be. I had a buddy of mine who said he hadn't been to a Padre game in three years, had free tickets, and said, okay. I got great tickets for the Padres. I'm going Friday night to see the Phillies. And I'm going to enjoy the game with my wife. Looking forward to it. I said, fantastic. My wife and I went. It's, uh, it's, sight lines are great when you're down low. It's fantastic. I go, how was it? And he said, we stayed for one inning. And I go, one inning? And he goes, we just walked around. We just walked around, left our seats, and we walked around for three hours. Yeah. And he goes, we had a great time. But yeah. he goes, we didn't pay attention to the game at all, but we had a great time. And it kind of blew me away that it wasn't about baseball. You know, and, and, and when I say blew me away, it's what I'm saying is it's not what it would be at Fenway. It's not what it would be at at uh, you know Bush Stadium. It, they're there for the action on the field. Oh, hang on, I will Go tell ahead. you. At I want to hear at Bush Stadium. I spent a lot of time walking. Did you around. really? Yeah. What did you what, what did you say? I'm curious to know. I've never it was been. just Bush Stadium is a I I've been to St. Louis a couple of times, and my friend Wayne Hagen was the <laughs> voice of the Cardinals at that time and got me incredible seats down the yeah. third base line. But I knew on that night it was going to be the only time that I'd ever be into Bush Stadium. And so 
I wanted to see the ballpark. I really, I, I really didn't have that. I wasn't that invested in. I think it was the Cardinals and the Reds. Doesn't matter who. But I wanted to see the ballpark. I wanted to see it. So when you walked around, um, the new Bush Stadium is really great, beautiful. But I walked all the way up, um, kind of like the Big Mac area. I went back behind home plate. I checked out all you know the team store. You check out the whole thing. You just took the whole thing in. So I stayed to the end. Um, you know, sitting down watching, I probably saw a total of three innings. And just like your buddy, I had an absolute blast. I think, yeah. I think when you and I were in Arlington at the ballpark, we walked around we a lot because KRLD, uh, which Rick Roberts used to do talk shows at, KRLD is out in center field. And we wanted to go out and see that center field. So I think, wasn't that you, me, and Al? Yes. It was and crazy freaking hot. Crazy hot. Yep. But we wanted, and again, same thing, whoever the Rangers were playing Angels. that night. Yeah, nice. Um, we went and and walked around the ballpark and had a great time. Yeah. So same type thing. Yeah, I, I don't have any problem with that. For the first night when you're there and pods are, right, you go, okay, well, who am I seeing? Uh, you go, okay, well, I know Hosmer and Myers is on the DL. Oh, let me go check out this Western Metal Supply Building. And then you get downstairs and you see the Padres Hall of Fame. Padres Hall of Fame that they built. That's a cool little thing. That's a fun little thing to walk through. A lot of fun stuff to look at. They they get it over there, man. Those guys, they get it. And then you walk the concourse. You get a beer. Maybe go to Hodad's, right? You go downstairs, Seaside he Market. He told me he even played shuffleboard at some point. I don't even know there was shuffleboard Where? at Petco. I don't know. He said we played shuffleboard. Drank yeah. the beer and played shuffleboard. Yeah. A lot of craft beer. And, a lot. Yeah. And then you're going to go out and see Park at the Park. Now, it, it doesn't surprise me. What's fun. God, okay. We're going to tell this story. So let's go back to the night of the event. The night of the event, Trotter donated. Jim Trotter donated the Larry Fitzgerald jersey. And he donated. Oh, no. Donated the, a couple of books. Yeah. A couple of books. So he said to me on the night that I picked up the Fitzgerald jersey, he goes, look, man, he goes, uh, I'm down for a thousand bucks. Put me in for a thousand bucks on this. So I said, okay, you got it. I'm like, you're going to win it. <laughs> he goes, yeah, because I'm down for a thousand. Well, then the next day, the Padres called and offered that GM for a day thing. So he said to me, um, get me off the Fitzgerald jersey. I'm going to a thousand bucks on the Padre GM thing. I announced it on the mic. It was funny with a buddy of mine. He was confused. Trotter said, I'm going to a thousand bucks on the GM thing. Yeah. He said, if you can get it for me and still get the Fitzgerald Jersey, do it. So I had one guy that was there who, because I was doing everything. I said, look, you're my guy for Trotter. So try to get 500 for the GM thing, 500 for the Fitzgerald thing. But Go to a thousand bucks on the GM thing because yeah. he wants that the most. Well, they didn't write the bids in, but he won them both. The Fitzgerald jersey was at like three hundred, and then the the GM for a day was at like three twenty five. So I said to the guys there, I go, "Fucking Trotter was supposed to be written down for five hundred. Yeah, they go, "Okay, we'll just write him in." So we got the thousand bucks for Trotter, and for anybody who was confused, I apologize. Shit happens. But Jim paid the thousand bucks and it went to yeah. charity and we're good. That was the high bid on both. Five hundred for the jersey, five hundred for the thing. 
So now Jim says, look, what we're going to do is I'm going to take Jeff, Sean, and Dave to this thing. I'm going to take you guys. You're going to be my guest. Now, now Jim's a casual baseball fan, and and I, I think that's overdoing it. But Jim has one team that he likes, and that's the Giants. Okay, how did you know he liked the Giants? Because I pay attention. I'm like the sign guy. Okay. What do you mean pay attention? Where did he, where did he ever promote the Giants? He's a Bay Area guy. He likes okay. the Warriors. Jesus. And the Niners, obviously, as Jim Harbaugh will tell you. Yeah. When he yelled at when Jim was at the Chargers and yelled at Jim Trotter for wearing a Niners sweatshirt to Charger Park. Yes. So Tuesday, September the eighteenth, the Giants are in town. What the Padres had said to me was, Hey, we, we have a select amount of dates. Find it. So I was trying to find one that would be accommodating to them. They're really not home that much in September. No. So we find this date, September the 18th, the Giants, his team, Trotter's team, plus Boach will be in town, which will be fun. Dinner with A.J. Preller. Dave, where are you on September 18th? I'm in uh, New York City. So Dave didn't like the idea that we were going to go on this game at all. Dave's like, hey, I can't make that game. Can we maybe go and see the Mariners instead? And I finally had to fucking text you and go, the guy laid out a thousand bucks for this goddamn thing. Can you let him go see the one team he likes? You son of a bitch. <laughs> you fucking asshole. You dude. know him, right? Could, well, I know you're right. If someone would have told me he was a Giants fan, I thought he was just looking for a time we could all get together and have a good time. Didn't realize it was the first, first guy gone. You didn't know he was a Giants fan? Dude, I swear to God, did oh, not. Oh, that's really funny. I all right, then I'll give you the benefit yeah, of Well, that's, you weren't even that nice in the message. I think there are a couple motherfuckers in there. You stupid shits. I thought you knew. <laughs> hey, you stupid shit, you dumb motherfucker. How about let the guy go see the team he wants to see? The I was like, what team. are you talking about? How do you not know that? Dude, Honestly, is- dude the last time I saw him, he was wearing a Seattle Supersonic sweatshirt. I have no fucking idea. How did I know? No goddamn idea. I was like, then I had to act like I was all, the cool guy on the text. Hey, why don't you guys go see the Giants? Yeah. It's not uh- about me. Yeah. Good job, dipshit. I think it's the next one of yours. Well, fuck, you're going to be at Yankee Stadium Yeah, I got it. Not like you're going to be in Rikers Island. (laughs) Calm your shit down. Jeez, I had no idea. Not going to be in Scared Straight. I had a 130 chance of guessing which was his favorite fucking team. Sorry. Jesus. Hope you and Bruce Kim have a great fucking time at the Game of Trotter. It was Bruce Kim. Remember that short third base coach for the Giants? Wendell Kim. Oh, whatever. What did I say? Johnny LeMaster, <laughs> yeah, my go-to guy every time. Johnny LeMaster. Yeah. I hope it's freezing. Greg Mitten's in short sleeves telling you guys what a great <laughs> career he had. Jerks. That'd be great. Dwayne Kuyper. Honest to God, dude. I had no idea. But it was it was great that he, uh, but he, <laughs> he did. contributed. So, By the way, tell him, don't don't forget. I'm, I'm going to say it because I'll forget when I in two hours. I have the Larry Fitzgerald jersey still. So yeah. when he's looking for it, Dave has it. Just I, I have I to go get, see him. Good. I want to get it off my hands as soon as possible before my kid wears it to Plaza Bonita. Jesus Christ, I'll have it. Here's the one other thing. We walked out of there that night, and yeah. I don't know what happened to him, but my one note that I had with the winners, uh, I lost. So I had a note that I had kept for myself. I just need the guy that won the Toyota Terrace tickets because those are coming up friday now i gave the sheet to you so i think it's amazon see i hit up i had a rob bishop today sex luger i said did you win this thing because i know it was one of the three or four people kind of in that group 
that won it, whether it was miserable Padre fan, somebody, was Eric there? He was yeah, there. Yeah, he was there. Yeah. Okay, one of you guys hit it. Now, I don't know if Gavin hit it, but it was one of those Padre Twitter guys. If you won those tickets, man, shit, I have torn my house apart, and I can't find that note, but that game's coming up Friday night. i got to get you in contact with uh, with the guy who's got them for you. We'll get you all squared away. And then uh, Dave Kaminsky, congratulations, won the stuff from Mud. And I think that takes care of everything. So just an amazing night. By the way, we got the GoFundMe check today. Um, and feeling pretty good. We're going to have everybody paid out probably by the end of the week. Perfect. Good deal. Speaking of uh, speaking of Boach, I realized right now, Boachy has been with the Giants as long as he is with the Padres. Does that seem crazy? Yeah. That he's been with the Giants the same amount of time that he was he was with the Padres. Obviously, you know, three went World Series. Went there in 07? Yeah. Or started in 08? 07. Started in 07. God damn. And then he's been there since, obviously, 2018. Now, if I'm not mistaken, does Bochy's contract run out this year? Mm, man, I don't know. I wouldn't know the answer. Okay. And, 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 and I could be way off by the time this thing goes. I, but I'm pretty sure. We always talk about these guys getting these contract extensions. You know, mm-hmm. there's no... Uh, Dead man walking contracts, basically Major League Baseball. But if the Padres had the opportunity to bring Bocha back, new ownership, you do it. I don't know that he does it. You know what I mean? Yeah, I don't think that he does it. it it's what about the Angels chasing Boach? Yeah, I don't know about that either. I remember the Angels telling me before they hired Mike Sosha. The Angels said to me that their goal was to find a guy like Bochy, and they ended up with Mike Sosha. Yeah, I, I. I haven't asked him about it. Yeah. Um, like, I, I just, not now. Yeah. Right? I mean, I, I do. I think the pods are 2021. 20, I think 2021 is where you're looking. Right? I mean, don't you feel like that's really your year? Yeah. Well, 20, I don't think. Uh, 20, 2020? No, I, yeah, I'm 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 a further back guy. I'm a 22, 23 guy, and I say Jesus that because Christ. I know you don't want to hear that, but what I mean is trying to win a World Series, you got to think the guys but have Tatis to be closer is to the 23 prime. Twenty three at that point, you know. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. Flores guys have to 24. be. That's my point. Guys have to be closer to the prime age, which is 28. How old's Renfro at that point, though? Yeah, I don't know if Renfro's one of the guys. I mean, yeah. right now I'm so confused. It's so crazy that Austin Hedges got red hot once they traded for Mejia. I mean, it's just yeah. like typical Padre baseball. Renfro's been on fire. Myers yeah. will be at third tomorrow. That's crazy, too. All right? I mean, Myers Fuck. has been with, what, five different positions since he's Feels been with like the Padres? It. Yeah. All three outfield spots plus first, now third. Yeah. Five different spots for Myers. God damn. But it's... Keep uh, trying. It, <laughs> we, we, we keep trying. Maybe they put him at third base because it's, it's a shorter walk than when he walks out to left field. It's um it's 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 interesting. Again, hopefully it turns around quick. I just want Petco to be as we started this conversation. Petco to be a place where you're going for the team more than just for the atmosphere. Would you? And, and I don't disagree with that. I think Petco Park probably is the best ballpark in all of baseball right now. I know you say you're a big AT and T guy. Is AT and T is it still you like prefer it more than Petco? No, I I like Petco, but AT and T is really fun. I like AT and T because you're on the water. And the sight lines, like it just feels like Petco feels taller to me. Yeah. Like where AT&T feels lower. But, I mean, I've sat out in in left up pretty high. Like not, uh, I mean, it felt like the same place where you and I sat for the All-Star game. Kind of up like there. But uh, AT&T is a blast. But 
dude, I'm I'm all in on Petco. I I think what Ron and Pete have done to improve the fan experience there really tends to go unnoticed. We kind of take it for granted, and we shouldn't because of the lack of effort the Chargers made to improve Qualcomm. And when you look at all just the little things that have been done, the little nuances, everything that's been improved, um, I I think it's great. I I love going there. I really do. I love it. There's there's an energy when you walk in there. Super clean. It still looks to me like a ballpark that's brand new. I I couldn't agree with you more than that. The the same thing, though, how long is Petco Park going to be the park for the Padres? What I mean by that is, as you said, they they do things all the time. The thing that makes me nervous about some of these new ballparks, which I don't like as a fan, I don't like it that the Rangers are getting a new park already. They opened in 95, I think, and they're already getting a new park. The Braves are already on a new park, and they were around for 20 years, and they they got a new park. And I understand it's different. In, In Dallas, they say if you live in a house that's more than five years old, you live in an old house. It's different. Real estate's different. But is Petco Park the park that's for San Diego for years and years and years, our lifetime, or is yes. it Camden Yards is that way, obviously, right? Yes. Yeah, it is. Uh, Target Field will yeah. be that way in Minneapolis because Ron and Pete are smart. I mean, the front page story the other day was Faulkner had one job. Faulkner had one job, and that was to get the convention center expansion on the ballot, and he blew it. Yep. This fucking guy can't get anything Nothing. done in this fucking town. And we'll vote his stupid ass back in, too. King of the underachievers. They're going to look at it and go, look, we're downtown. We have prime location. We're right by the convention center. We're right in the middle of everything. Where else are we going to want to go? Now, if, I don't know, 20 years Chula Vista comes and says, hey, we're going to put you. I, I don't think so, Dave. I think that place is outstanding. And I don't know, like, with everything built up around it and the whole deal, Look, I mean, new ownership comes in, right? Pete and Ron aren't going to be owning that thing in 20 years. So who's who's owning it at that point? I don't know. All right. Since, since we're talking real estate, you were just up in Los Angeles. I find uh-huh. it fascinating how people are running Inglewood. Okay? How, yeah. You know, we all know how, how great the Forum is. Probably the best place to see a concert Still at number the Forum. One. Yep. Outstanding. We all know about the, the greatest NFL stadium that's oh, ever going to wow. be built is between what the Chargers and Rams are going to have. We I all know a week ago tonight. That's what I'm saying. We all know the Clippers are going there. Mm-hmm. Do the Angels end up there? Fat, uh, they should. Yeah. I mean, doesn't it seem like that's the next step that the Angels are the, are the team that ends up there? It's funny. They. Um, I was talking to a guy. I had a great conversation with a guy who was – parking lot security at the forum because I just stopped and took a couple of picture, pictures of my sons. This guy rolled up, Victor, and he goes, hey, what, what's up? I got, I'm just getting a couple of pictures. He goes, man, you're in the wrong place. He goes, take your car out, swing down, and come down Kareem. He goes, come down, you know, Kareem, yeah, the course. back street. He goes, come down Kareem, and he goes, you're going to look right into it. And I go, oh, okay. So I swung around, and fuck, man, you're looking right into the stadium and this is only for rams fans this is not any (laughs) conversation for any other team that may play there so if you're a rams fan and you're thrilled listen to what i'm saying it looks incredible like you're excited about it and so i said to him what's up with the clippers and he goes they're going right down prairie so dave you come out and anybody knows that area so Prairie, you had the Forum. Yep. Then you had Holly Park. 
where everything is going. And right where Hollywood Park ends, where you would basically take the left to go down to the casino, there's an old church's chicken yep. and a roadway in on the corner. You know where I'm talking? Exactly. That's where Balmer, that's where Balmer's going. Yeah. And Irving Azoff, manager of the Eagles, who was really involved with Madison Square Garden and putting a hundred million dollars into the forum are losing their fucking mind. Because James Butts fucked him over, the mayor of Inglewood. Yeah. But what this guy said to me the other night was he goes, Look, they're still coming to the forum. Because he said that you can play uh basketball over there and there's I don't know, maybe the ducks at some point determine they want to move up here. That's what I wonder. But he said, um but he said for concerts and shows, this is the building. Yeah. And he said it's not the Dolby Theater and it's not Nokia Theater and it's not Staples Center or Honda Center or whatever the fuck Balmer's building. He said this is where they come. And you look and you go, yeah, the Eagles are there. Maroon 5's there for four nights. Uh, all these different bands that you see, every aspect. Plus now they run UFC fights in there. De La Hoya runs fights in there. They all have a shot at the Forum or, or uh, excuse me, at Staples Center. He goes, yeah, they all come here. So he said, yeah, it sucks a little bit because, fuck, we're not playing basketball in here. He goes, we don't play basketball in here. So Balmer wants to build a basketball arena. Go ahead. Yeah, pretty amazing. You know? Wow, that block yeah. right there, you're going to have everything. But it's all, I mean, that's a pretty rundown part. Pretty it, rundown well, it part is, but of it's, California. But I think it's going to change. And, oh, and, and huge. It, it's going to change. I, I've told you this story before. I don't know if I've ever said it on, on the podcast. But when I used to cover the Lakers, I'd get out of the forum mm -hmm. around 11, 30, 12 o'clock at night. I'd drive straight down towards uh, on Manchester to get on the 405 going south. Mm -hmm. Sound like I'm the Californians and shit. I know, yeah. And uh, I'd pull into that 7-Eleven on the right side. And uh -huh. I'd grab the biggest cup of coffee I could find and get out of there. Well, I pull in one night and two cop cars pull in behind me with the lights on. Yeah. And they go, what are you doing? And I said, I live in San Diego. I'm, uh, I'm, I'm getting a cup of coffee to head home. And they told me, get the fuck out of here. Yeah. We, we can't protect you here. Yeah. That's what the police told me. Yeah. Get out of here. They go, it's 1130 at night. Are you insane? Like, yeah, like asshole. Get, yeah. <laughs> White bread, chicken shit. Yeah, they didn't make it racist. But they told me, get the fuck out. They, yeah. we, we can't protect. But I thought it was, it was crazy that the police are saying, this is not safe for you. So it, when you talk about turning things around, that's what's mm -hmm. going to happen. It's going to turn things around. All of a sudden, you're going to see new apartments. Yeah. You're going to see new things going up, and they're going to fix those neighborhoods. All right, but what happens to the people that live there now that can't afford to live anywhere yeah, else? Yeah, that, 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 that's issue. Unfortunately, that's what California is going to become. You know, you know, you know what's a prime crazy real estate right there is right across the street on the other side is that biggest guiding cemetery I've ever seen in my life. Oh, yeah, huge. You know, is just right there on the other side. But it's um, it, it it's going to change for the for the better for mm -hmm. bomber that's investing in those neighborhoods and stuff. I mean, if you would have told anyone you went to Inglewood High School, they would have oh, yeah. gone, dude. Are you insane? Shit. I remember we talked about going to concerts there in the 80s. You and I were at the same show, the Lionel yeah. Richie, Sheila E show in like 85. 86. Is that what it was? It was 86. I was thinking, dude, it's funny you say that. First concert I ever saw in 86 was Genesis at the Forum. Yeah, that's funny. I almost went to that show, too. Sat right behind Phil Collins and Chester Thompson on the drums, you know, as, yeah. as they're doing their deal. And and Genesis comes back this October to the Forum. I was thinking of going back. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Fuck, I'm in. I'm in. Um, But when you would come down Manchester... You drive down Manchester at night for those shows, 
and I mean, shit, we were in high school, man. You're you're 17 years old coming up from Encinitas, driving down Manchester at night. And I remember girl I was dating, we went to a handful of shows up there. We'd go. There was one old shack on Manchester that was tilted, like the leaning tower of Inglewood. <laughs> and I'd say to her all I'd say to her all the time, baby, that's our future right there. Yeah. That's our house. And just think, we could just walk to the forum. She's like, bullshit. We're not walking to the forum. But um but now you look at it and certain businesses, man, that's yeah. Sizzler. The dude on the corner, (laughs) you still got that franchise there, like you said, but it, um, things are about to change up there. That stadium, NFL network going there. The draft is going to go there. Super Bowl is going to be there a lot. And yeah, you're not going to bring the Super Bowl there and tell Roger Goodell, Hey, look, get the fuck out. (laughs) Get the fuck out. I can't protect you here. But Randy's donuts is right there. (laughs) So it was new, new nudes. Yeah. Oh shit. I almost forgot. Where are you at on Miles McPherson? Honestly? Yeah, honestly. He's a phony. He wears you out, huh? I think he's a phony. He's, he's a Walmart church guy. I think he's a phony. I have uh, in my mind, and I love the fact we have this podcast to say it, and, and here's the deal with me. I think anyone that makes their living off of God is one of those guys that's going to have to answer in the future. And and I just think it's a, it's the biggest scam going, these guys that get rich off of God. God damn, they're making a ton of money. It's How about a, those son of a bitches yeah. buying out the body shop? Yeah. The body shop is now closed. Where me and my buddy Ben went and shopped pool because we were so cool, we almost forgot there were girls dancing there. <laughs> I just go, look, the body shop wasn't hurting anybody. I guess, obviously, with with uh, the internet, I mean, I don't know, Pacers, does Pacers get anybody? Where are the strip clubs? Lay, I don't know. Lay they, girls? Does anybody go to Lay Girls? Lay girl, there are a bunch of them uh, by KFMB or old in Claremont Mesa. They're like three of them, aren't there? Oh, Cheetahs is still yeah. going. Yeah, Cheetahs is still going. And there's main the attraction. one at the what's the one at the purple sign off the yeah, freeway? Yeah, main attraction. Oh, is that what's called main attraction? Yeah, but okay. the one that was down by the airport's out. Really? Remember, you used to see yeah. that one right when you come, and they had the same thing—the big purple neon. Yeah. But I'm just like, shit. I don't know those guys, man. Look, whatever gets you through your day, I'm fine with. I, I do get a little worn out on those guys though. Uh, on the guys from The Rock. Yeah, yeah. But look, if they're if they're if they're keeping you I mean it's they're keeping you on the straight and narrow and doing good. I'm sure they're doing a ton of good things in the community. What the fuck do I know? I, I don't know. Okay. I'm I'm just gonna say I'm just one of those guys that's not a big fan of the Walmart church. But guys. he's not uh he's not a I don't find him obnoxious. No, like some of those guys. No, as a as a person, I don't know them at all. Like, I don't, and I, don't, I know a ton of people that go to the Rock. And they're you know? good. Yeah. Well, my my brother in law has been going for years. His kids go for years. You know, my son's my son's been with his girlfriend before. I mean, the whole deal. I'm just not a fan of the big Walmart church guys. But do they do it? And again, I'm just asking because I don't know. Like, I went to a funeral for our friend Dick Warren. Um, whatever it's been a month ago. Presbyterian Church right over in Claremont. Okay. And you go in, it's a beautiful... Like, for me, um, I always think how fun it would be if I was doing a photography project. I love small-town churches, which is really yeah. funny for... And not Church's Chicken, you assholes. <laughs> I love Church's Chicken, though, too. It's so great. I'm just going to go and around... Pioneer Chicken. They're and great. Pioneer Popeye. We ah. like chicken. We love it. No. 
for me, I love like when you drive through small towns. Yeah. And you're gonna see it when you go up to Cooperstown. When you go through small towns, small town churches to me, I just I goddamn love the architecture. I love yeah. the whole thing of it. I just there's something about it where you go, these are really cool. And there's a funny one when you come down Mission Gorge. When you come down Mission Gorge out of Santee and you kind of swing in to whatever that is down there, that whole area kind of Zion down there. Man, there's this little church just tucked away that looks like it's been there for 70 years. But when I went to that church, the Presbyterian Church, the guy who spoke was so outstanding. Really? Where you go, okay, I get it. Like really dynamic and just like good. Not over the top like Arsenio and (laughs) coming to America. Uh, but you just go, shit, this is really good. And yeah. that's the one thing I've always heard on Miles um, is that they do it in a manner where you don't feel, Dave, like it's an old school sitting there very stiff, that they make it a little bit more fun, enjoyable, while telling you about their beliefs. So I don't know. Like, like I, I just, whatever gets you through the day, man, whatever gets you through the day, it's hard times. A lot of sad people. I met Barnes & Noble yesterday with my son's in Santee, and this woman just in the cafeteria just bursts out crying. Just like bursts really? out crying. And my son said to me, he goes, what's that? I go, dude, there's just so many sad people in the world. Yeah, So many sad people. Shit, Dave, you, you mentioned I was in L.A. And we're, we're driving around, and I, we'd gone into Hollywood and Highlands and, and just looking at Foot Locker and just – like a really fun, energetic store, a lot of video and cool displays. And you come out, kind of come out, it's about 5.30, and we swing down, uh, we go down to Sunset, we take a left, and we go by the Pantages, uh, no, not by Pantages, um, Palladium. Is okay. there Palladium down there? Yeah. We go down by the Palladium. And it's like 7 o'clock at night, 7.30 at night. Sun's just starting to go down. And I see like a woman, probably late 50s, and like two guys. And they're just setting up sleeping bags, setting up sleeping bags right there by the front door of the Palladium. And you just go, fucking hey. Yeah. And you just see it. I mean, you see it here in San Diego. Where it just becomes a tent city. Shit, look at Imperial when you drive down to a Padre game. Look at 16th or 17th. Look how many people are on the on-ramp on the freeway. Ugh. I mean, how dangerous is that? Everywhere. And it's it's just everywhere. And it's incredibly sad, and that's why I'm, I'm proud of our friend Bob McElroy and the Alpha Project for what they do. But, yeah, I mean, if, if you can, if that helps you... Get through in your day. Believe me, I'm not passing judgment on you. I I, I just feel like there are a lot of other buildings. Okay, maybe you could have left the body shop alone, Miles. Bullshit. Been hot. A couple girls want to ditch a couple of layers, and all of a sudden it's a crime, and you're like, got to put a church in. I tell you, Dave. Girl can't even disrobe anymore. I remember when I was a kid, my dad took me up to see Gypsy Lee. She hid the feathers. It was a hell of a show. She was she was really an entertainer. And they had a little fella next to her. He was playing on the French horn. It was it was it was an interesting show. It was nice. And then my dad and I went out. We got fish and chips afterwards. 
right there in the Bay Area. But that Gypsy Lee, she was nice. I tried to get an autograph later afterwards, and she said, hey, you scram, or I'm going to beat the living shit out of you. That part I didn't like. But sitting there in the crowd, I had a little suit on. A lot of people wearing a suit. <laughs> I could see him wearing a suit. <laughs> what the hell was the guy doing to the French horn? <laughs> Story's easier if you don't interrupt. He was a he was a tunesman. He said he. <laughs> He'd been on the Jack Benny shows with the sign said behind him a couple of different times. And he toured a couple of times, too, I think, with the Lennon sisters. But I was there in my suit, and uh, the the guard said, hey, what's up with this guy? My dad was great. He said, this is my nephew, Walt. He just came in. <laughs> Probably the French Foreign Legion. <laughs> Lost his legs in Korea. <laughs> we couldn't afford to buy him the full-length ones. So he'd actually be 6'4", so how about showing a little tribute to veteran? I didn't realize he was talking about me. I thought, I want to meet Walt. Sounds like a heck of a hero. My dad said, hey, just be quiet. Sit over there. Drink your root beer. She didn't show nipples or nothing, Dave. But you could tell... She was a little top-heavy. She'd look good in a tank top. <laughs> I'm going right there. You are going to hell. Mom's my personal tell you you're going to hell. <laughs> hey, he's, hey, he was a good charger. He got beat a lot in deep passes. I remember Fred Politnikoff ran by him like he was tying his shoelaces. <laughs> Miles. They beat him by miles. <laughs> Name was appropriate. He got beat by a mile almost every play. Here's the throw. McPherson on the coverage and touchdown that team. <laughs> my dad would get mad. <laughs> Jesus Christ. <laughs> no, cover he'd, somebody. he'd say, Gypsy Lee, are you going to show me something? Oh, no, that's what he said that night. I don't remember what he said at the game. I just went up and talked to my puppets. <laughs> Did he have to wash the suit afterwards? You just hang it back up. <laughs> I just wonder where he got the French horn. I'm all dizzy. I was a bit of a heavy sweater, so we could only wear the suit once. <laughs> then it shrank. Ray Lewis thought you sweat a lot in that suit. Jesus. Well, I was... I was nervous. <laughs> she was attractive. Then she said, hey, is that little Walt I've been hearing about? <laughs> I'm dead. <laughs> Can you please tell me about Brian Curry? 
I'll tell you about Brian Curry. Brian Curry is your guy. He's selling real estate all over San Diego County for the last 20 years. All over San Diego County. You name there, you want to go to. Brian Curry will help you get there. He'll make your living situation that much better. What are you waiting for? you got to call Brian Curry. Here's your guy, 619-251-1588. 619-251-1588. I was in Carlsbad today. We are talking about how great Carlsbad is. My son said, hey, let's go out to eat in IB. And I said, if we go to IB, I good Jeff's going to kill me. I'm telling you right now. He wanted to try one of these Poke Bowls. Have you tried out a Poke Bowl? No. Okay. So he says, look, you got to try one of these Poke Bowls. The best place to go is IB. I know Jeff hates IB, but that's the place to go. We didn't make it, IB, because of, for you. Just because you Good always tell you. Brian Curry, don't go there. Did you go there. to Coronado? No, it's funny you say that. He said, uh, let's see, if we aren't going to hit IB, let's hit Coronado. We didn't hit either one. We had, we ended up hit, just eating here in Eastlake. But here's Arby's. the deal. <laughs> no, we had a Poke Bowl in, in uh, Eastlake. I had no idea. First time I ever had one. Everyone yeah. in Orange County eats these damn Poke Bowls. Uh, I think I'm the last guy to have. Have you ever had one before? No. What is it? It's sushi. Do you eat sushi? No. Okay. It's su- it's rice. They'll, you decide okay. how you want it. So they take two, three scoops of rice, put it on the bottom. They pick diff- three different kinds of meat. So I picked shrimp. I picked salmon. I picked uh, tuna. It's all raw. They put it in there with the sauce and everything. They mix it up. But it's good. Avocado and onions. Oh, the I, whole like, deal. I like that. It was absolutely fantastic. It was straight protein. It was, it was really good. It was a right. for like 10 bucks. It was nothing. But oh, that, shit. That's good. But they say the best ones in IB is what I was told. So, Brian Kerr's your guy. That's a goddamn guy. lie. <laughs> and it's in City Heights. So Brian oh, also is your guy for property management. If you need someone to manage your property, don't forget about Brian Curry. He does that as well. 619-251-1588. Um... I got to read to you what happened on Twitter, and then I'll tell you why okay. BC is my man. So I wrote that I came in here, and when I came in here tonight, um, you ran into uh, the house. You ran in to do something. So I just reached over there and took, uh, I think it was your last piece of gum. It's all right. So I wrote, I just rolled into Dave Palais' garage and took his last piece of gum. Now what? <laughs> I put it on Twitter. To which my girl... Hall of Famer Lisa Ann replied, Dave, tonight, oh, boy, this could get ugly. His last piece of gum. And I wrote her back just now. I'm a gangster, Lisa. <laughs> and she liked it. I'm right and dirty. I'm a gangster. Uh, I just you know what's funny? As I said, I, went, I told you this story. My wife doesn't listen to the show. But I went to, to Carlsbad two weeks in a row now to the okay. beach. Oh, yeah. Had a great time. Well, I didn't put any sunscreen on. Oh, okay. shit. So she's sitting there screaming at me. I said, you got to put sunscreen on. I was in the water again about three hours and completely got all burnt. Yeah, so I had to I'm run sure. in and grab, trying to find aloe, anything yeah. before I start. Because uh, I don't you want hurting? to. A little bit sore. Hurt yeah. when I took a shower. So when, because yeah. I know where. Nothing's yeah. worse than I told you so. No shit. Fucking, I don't want to hear I told you so. Nobody so I got to act like Who nothing burns. Yeah, nobody wants to hear it. So when she wasn't looking, I ran in and grabbed a I ton of lo- yeah lotion and just try to sit there and so I don't peel because I don't hear shit for the next seven days. God damn, let him up. <laughs> Prayer, please, please. He's got a friend, Walt. Um, look, here's the thing with my friend BC, and I, I talked about just about half hour ago with my sons. The cool thing's going to be is, I mean, it's always a drag, right? But, but when everything's done and settled and I finally can take them out by lunch and go, all right, where are we rolling? And you just start looking at it. I, you start getting excited, man. Yeah. You start getting figured out because you go, okay, uh, he knows it. Like the great thing is he and I know each other so well that I have the easiest time in the world recommending him for anybody who's in the market. And I know a lot of people that do real estate. They're all outstanding people. But this is my guy. Yep. BC's my guy. And in a couple of weeks, once we know what the financial numbers are like, and I say, okay, this is where I want to go. 
and you go in there and you start thinking, man, that's where the TV is going to go. And that's where the couch is going. And this is what the kitchen's like. And this is uh, my room or my son's room, whatever. You go, yeah, it's perfect. But I feel like, Dave, I couldn't be more relaxed about couldn't be more relaxed about because of the friendship, the loyalty, and the trust I have in Brian Curry. That's all I can tell you. What what more do you want when somebody's trying to help you find the place where you plan on being the next 20, 25 years? You want all those things, I believe. And uh, and I say it with the with the most sincerity. I, I feel great. I'll go through it in a couple of weeks. And uh, I leave them voice messages. And I say, uh, this is Dave Palais. <laughs> I've got a 129-square-foot manufactured home, and I'd like to find something near the Tijuana River Valley. I heard you're my guy to place me there. I'm a, I love to fish, and I love to barehand fish. So I want to just be that guy. I can walk right out the back of my manufactured home. I can just go in and just reach in and grab that anaconda. Grab it right out of that Tijuana River Valley. Brian Curry, hook me up. But... uh. That last part is probably not the part of the endorsement that he wanted, so we'll cut that out in post. <laughs> Speaking of looking for houses, are you looking for a house or the pool? Oh, shit. This are you, fucking every guy. Kid, every kid's told you what they want? Yeah, it'd be great. This goddamn guy, dude, he's the fucking best. All, all these guys. These guys are just the fucking best. Al Taylor, like I was just thinking about today, brought all the shirts out to the event. He and Amy brought out all the shirts to the event. Uh, was one of the first guys in and just bought a ton of stuff, supported the silent auction. I just love him, man. He's yep. just the best, man. He's just my guy. He does outstanding work. The the 3D is going to help out our girl, Susan DeVincent. But uh, son of a gun, man. Just a guy that when we go, hey, Al, we need you, he's always right there. And I don't like the only – his only downfall is that he let you have a couple of the world's greatest pens – but I'll let that go for now. Okay, good. He should have given you a shitty little big pin <laughs> like this one. But, um, you know, when I'm sitting there and you're you're squaring up with the charities and it's so much fun because we exceeded our goal. We exceeded our goal because the guys like Alan Taylor and, and Amy and everybody at Taylor made pulls. Outstanding work, but 100% committed to the community. And I just am incredibly thankful, as I told him today in a text message. Uh, you and I are incredibly lucky to call him a friend. He already said, "What, what are we doing for the ball uh, for the little league field?" Perfect. He'll be there. He'll be a part of it, and uh, he's just a champion. And I couldn't be a bigger fan of what he does. Alan Taylor is your guy for your pool right there. If you're one of these guys have thought about it for years, Alan Taylor is your guy because Taylor made pools knows what they're doing. Twenty years in San Diego, full remodels on commercial, residential, also new equipment and repairs, pool res uh, resurfacing. You name it, he's the guy to go to. There's only one guy in San Diego that's as good as Alan Taylor. 619-449-4452. 619-449-4452. Jeff just told you exactly what he's going to give you. But he's a good guy, just like all the other guys that we deal with. We only deal with the best guys that we're happy to be around. And, and Alan is very, very good at what he does. For well, you know what? Uh, next year, when Lisa Ann comes to town, I'm going to have Curry buy me a big place. Yeah, Al Taylor's gonna have that pool looking great, cause she after driving down from L.A., she's gonna need a place to hang of out. Of course, she'll just hang out right there by the pool, and then uh, she rolls up with Herschel Savage. You just go, ah, 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 ah. <laughs> ah, 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 ah. you turn yourself around, old man. You take yourself right down to Golden Corral with Leisure Fryer. You're out. It's a young man's game. Beat it. <laughs> 
Also, Superior Fence Company, Daniel Tyler. Again, another guy that's been in business since 2005. 760-745-4846. 760-745-4846. Say it all the time because he means it. Every job is an easy job. A-plus rating with BBB, fully licensed, insured. You name the fence, he will do it. I tell you, my favorite's the Iron Gates. The Iron Gates, to me, add add everything to your property to make it look like it's upscale and will keep the bad guys out. Don't forget about Superior Fence Company. Again, you can follow uh, Daniel Tyler easily on Twitter, SD Superior Fence on Twitter. Also, the website, San Diego Superior Fence.com, San Diego Superior Fence.com. Fully licensed, free estimates. And even though he specializes in North County, he'll come all over San Diego County for you to come make sure that you have the best, uh, best situation possible for your brand new fence. Well, I didn't really want to get into this, but it's, it's, it's out there. We talk about everything on the show. One of the things that Dan and I have had long talks about is, I mean, for for you know, for the most part, I'm pretty much divorced today, but it will become official on the 22nd. And he has reached out and he said, look, once a certain person figures out that you're single and ready to mingle, what are we going to do fence-wise? And I said, well, Vera's got a little game. <laughs> And she can climb that fence. So we're gonna we're gonna think about it. now there's a part of me that says, look, maybe I just build a two foot high fence, right? <laughs> so she feels like she's got a little bit of a challenge, but then she comes across and I play, Whoa, hey Vera, yeah. what's up? And then I give in. I don't know. I don't know where I'm at yet. The twenty second's not here. But Dan and I have talked a lot about it. We've talked about old school, you know, the the British style. So yeah. if Vera comes and maybe it's just one of those days where Hey man, I'm not. Maybe I didn't take the Lexapro. She climbs. <laughs> she climbs the fence, and now she's swimming, trying to get away from 17 killer gators. Yeah, I don't know. Dan and I have a lot of thoughts that we're working out, but we'll get there. But there's a part of me that says, "Look, she's a she's a good kid. Let her let her come over and yeah. take a couple of laps around the track." But then there's others that are like, she might be a little bit of Glenn Glenn Close yeah. in her, and. Uh, those piranhas don't leave a lot of evidence, so we'll figure it out. But I appreciate he's another guy that has gone above and beyond in trying to help me as a customer. Not every job, while every job's an easy job, not every job is the same job. Yes, and he understands it with me. I'm a guy. I'm in the public spotlight. Things happen. Okay, Laura Buxton starts knocking at yeah. the door. I want that fence opening up. Jeannie Cavett, I want it open. Vera, I'm not so sure. So uh, Dan and I will get it worked out, and I'm, and, I'm, and I'm thrilled to share the results with you in just a couple of short weeks. That's fantastic. That's good to hear. <laughs> That's good to hear. All right, we've got an hour and 35. Fuck! <laughs> uh, we told you about Mission Impossible. Do, do we you have did. anything else left? I don't think we feel like... I, I, I got a bunch of stuff, but I'll save it for the okay, next one. Okay, just knock off some of the quick things that you had, just to make sure we didn't forget anything. Okay, here you anything go. Anything non-sports-wise. Okay, well, non-sports-wise, I don't have it, so I'm going to save this for you for the next one. Okay. Because okay, I just want to keep some things in their sports every every show, just to ask you as we're sure. heading into an exciting time in the sports season. But otherwise, uh, that, that that's a long one right there. I, yeah. I, I, for me, I love the fact about the French horn and the, the sweaty suit. Well, that was my favorite part. You know, Dave, when I look back at it, I try to focus so much on the entertainer, but I did perspire a little bit. Wasn't used to seeing somebody quite that natural. But that (laughs) fellow you talked about on the horn, he was really good. Played a variety of different songs. And then he had, I think he sang too, he was a tenor. 
He sang some of the fine songs of the Kingston Trio. <laughs> which might seem odd when you're thinking about a burlesque show, but it naturally worked. Take my word for it. And you can tell your friend Jeff that if I ever see him in person, I'm going to stab him in the eye with the sharpest fork I can find. I'm going to take his eye out, and I'm going to feed it to that piranha that he's going to have chasing beer around his new castle. Sick of him saying I yell on the three up, three down. Hey, this is Coach John Quintera. I'm sick of him pointing out that I don't really cover three up, three down because this team, for the most part, there isn't. I just yell for three minutes. Well, hey, Freddie Galvis today really stuck into his former team. How about that? Grand slam right over center field. Uh, Center field wall. Mine's been when I coached at USIU. I told Tom Gallo, you catch your glove and you just keep walking. Like I told Pete Harris. I remember if I, when we pitched against Pete Harris, I used to joke with the catcher. i say, why don't we just bring the tee out there, put it on the tee. He's going to hit it right back to the pitcher anyways. That's the way we played Point Loma. We are at Torrey Pines. Cold out there. All right, Dave, I'm done. All right, we'll see you next time. Times are strange Here I come but I ain't the same Mama, I'm coming home Times gone by, it seems to be You could have been a better friend to me Mama, I'm coming home You took me in and you drove me out, yeah me hypnotize lost and found and turned around by the fire in your eyes you made me cry you told me lies but i can't stand to say goodbye mama i'm coming home i could be right i could be wrong it hurts so bad it's been so Yeah, we're both-